1: This is the Ocean Protect podcast, talking about the issues that face our oceans
0: and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change.
2: I, I just want to know what the alternatives are to the single-use plastic. So, that you've got the six items, but yep. okay, if I've got straws in my business, yes. what do I do? Oh, it,
3: And again, it's it, there's a multitude of things you can do. So, our preferred option would be Maybe ask your customers, do they need a straw? Yeah. Maybe you can eliminate straws. You yeah. can just take that hard stance and say, you know what? No more straws. In that case, everyone jumps up and down on the bad wing and say, what about disabled people or people that really need those straws? Well, you can have a few of those uh, for those people. That's fine. Uh, but just train your staff not to hand them out. You might want to switch to paper. Paper is compostable, so you can compost that. The, the only thing about paper,
1: and I know this, is that – If they're serving alcoholic drinks (laughs) with a paper straw, you've got to drink them pretty quickly. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't mind, (laughs) but that's, you know, responsible serving of alcohol.
3: We always tell businesses, you get what you pay for. There is a range of paper straws. Exactly. But even then, you know, reusable straws. You can bring your own. You can even have stainless steel straws. Glass straws are really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, But
1: the only thing is with the stainless steel ones, we got this, and shout out to Candy sitting at home in Wanaka. Um, My mum, when we got them, I don't know year ago Two years ago Kenny goes They're they're, they're a child killer If you give a stainless steel straw To a kid Running around the house They Um, fall over Boom You know And that Again that's just thinking beyond that You know Like a kid falls over And with a stainless (laughs) steel straw In their mouth Where's it going to go There are some things That that you've got to You know Come into account for You know Hygiene You know When you say a glass straw A glass straw I mean geez, what happens like from a, you know, someone yeah, breaks break it, it and yeah. cuts it, your out the and then you're getting sued. So, yeah, yeah anyway, carry on. Sorry, Chad. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, these are, the, these are the conversations I love having. Yeah. I mean, they're very interesting. And, and uh, you know, for example, here's another one. This is not one of our key items, but this is one I have a lot of interesting conversations. So sugar packets, yeah. um, individual serve packets. They yeah, yeah. are lined in plastic so the moisture doesn't get in there. So it's a single-use plastic that we're pretty much not aware of because it's wrapped in totally. pa- paper, right? Yeah. And so you talk to cafes and you say, you know, here's an item you can you can change. Half of them will be on the line and say sugar jars. Maybe just a jar with some sugar yep. uh, with a spoon. Some of them say fantastic. Maybe sugar cubes. And the other half would be like absolutely not. That's disgusting. It's food, health, and safety. Nice. I don't want grotty kid fingers in there. And, and they have all sorts of reasons why they just would not even consider that at all. My clientele wouldn't stand for yes. that.
2: Yeah. And one, one thing I see I was just down on Noosa River last weekend um, with mum and dad and walking the dogs and what, one thing I noticed a lot was just the salt packets. So everyone obviously getting their fish and yes. chips on the, on the river. The number of salt packets you see discarded on the ground <laughs> is unbelievable. So these people obviously have a real you know, love of being near water in the river. Yeah. And they obviously have a, a direct connection to the river because it's literally 10 yards away and they must realise that if their salt packet falls on the ground, it's going to end up in the river, yeah. but still it still happens. Yeah. But again, if, 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 if <laughs> that choice was essentially, if there was a readily available alternative, like just a salt shaker, yeah. when I'm ordering my fish and chips, I say, yeah, I'll have a bit of salt with them. Mm. Pretty simple thing to avoid. That's right. You can't take salt away from chips that right. But you could put it on in the shop. Yeah, I
1: agree. Okay, but what, okay. <laughs> but what happens if you want to go and have them down the beach? You've
2: got to keep your chips hot, bro. Life's full of choices. That's
1: right.
3: And I
2: think we just need it. Like, I, I think people get little, very precious about having things taken away from them when it's always been there, even something as simple as a salt packet. Yeah, or so the, that,
3: that's, that's an interesting like the, one yeah. because no,
2: you want hot chips, bro. Sorry, yeah. so if, sorry, if you want to go
1: pick up your, 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 um, your chips. Fish, and chip, fish and chips, yep, you go take them, you want to go down the beach, if you open them up and salt them there and then close them back up, you're going to lose all the heat. Couldn't I just put salt before they get wrapped up? <sighs> oh, mate. <Deary laughs> but mate, anyway, yeah. so, like, yeah, so, so it, there are
2: alternatives, obviously, to straws, to, yes. to, to salt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about um, the cups? If I'm a cafe, you yep. know? I'm serving coffee and tea, whatever, in my little single use plastic cups. And, and Chad, with all these great intentions, comes along and says, hey, can we change that? Yeah. So
3: um, there's obviously bio cups, which are made from plants, like the festival we're using. So those are made from plant, and they can use those. So they can swap to that. And we have to make sure that they understand that they need to swap their lid as well. Yeah. Because their understanding is the cup and the lid are recyclable. Yeah. Uh, even though they've got council information saying, don't put your cups and your lids in the recycling bin. Um, they don't get recycled, and that's a separation thing.
2: And from a business perspective, is there, is there much of a cost disparity between, say, the plastic conventional cups and the bio cups?
3: Yeah, it's roughly double. So it is another investment. But, again, there's some cost-neutral things that you can do. So you can encourage the business, say, maybe ask your customers, do they need a lid? Why are you putting a lid on there if they're just walking to the beach? Or maybe they're just, if they're going to sit down, and you just like, are you takeaway or stay in? There's a lot of people still get... Coffee yeah. and takeaway cups and sit there, yeah. drink their coffee and then leave and you're just like, "Well, maybe you can save money." Well
1: my, my cafe well, I don't own it, but uh, Andrew at the Butcher's Cafe in Fearlight, he doesn't allow that. Yeah. So if what people, you mean? He, well so you either come and sit down and have a coffee, or you, you know, if you're going to get a takeaway coffee, then you're not allowed to sit down. Yeah
3: and yeah. that's for that very reason. That yeah. is bu- good business sense yeah. for him. You're like, that's 20 cents you just saved Which right there. Feel like amazing yeah. coffee. But there's other really amazing initiatives, like a great one is Green Caffeine. So this is a reusable cup service. So uh, the model for this is it costs the cafe nothing to take up, and all they have to do is keep these reusable cups on stock. And it costs nothing for the customer to use either. So you say, hey, we want a reusable cup. So you literally check it out like a library book. If you don't return it in 30 days then you'll get charged, and it's like 12 bucks or something. So, you know, maybe you just want to have a keep cup and just yeah. keep it.
2: And on the topic of keep cups, I've heard this a few times, is that and I, to be honest, I don't drink tea or coffee, so I, it's an area that I don't know much about. Just carrot juice. <laughs> but is there any sort of health restrictions in relation to using a, a, a multi-use cup? When, well, well, co- well, well, yeah,
1: actually, it's very interesting. Mm. So I believe you're responsible for cleaning it. From, from 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 what I know. So when you take a reusable coffee cup to the cafe, they don't clean it for you. Yep. yep. It's your responsibility. Yeah. Is that right?
3: So this is a really interesting one. Mm. Um, so there was this perception when Keep Cups first came about that uh, it's unhygienic. None of that exists. But there are some pretty valid reasons for not wanting to do this. So there was, a, I believe it was a cafe in South Australia or Melbourne who said, you know what, this affects our brand because you're bringing in a dirty coffee cup. I'm putting my carefully selected coffee roast into your cup, which you've now contaminated with your dirty cup, and it's going to make that coffee taste bad, and you're going to blame me. So they said, you know what? We're not going to allow keep cups anymore, and they just banned them. The public backlash of that was so high, and that's interesting where society is now, that they had to reinstitute it. So they, they now take them again.
1: Well, actually, you know, I brought this up with Tim Silverwood. One of our earlier episodes, I think a really good business idea is almost like an ATM for cleaning. Water bottles and for cleaning coffee cups. So if you go around town yeah. and you go, oh, okay, I've got my, you know, where do where do you actually clean it? You know, you're a busy person. You're in that's Sydney. Right. Where yeah. are you going to actually to clean it? Imagine going out yeah. to a vending machine. That's sh- clean. Right. Well, that's
3: that's the beauty of the swap cup system. So for yeah. in example, Green Caffeine, you literally don't have to clean it. You just give it to them, swap it out, and then so they. Then, put, but then they must have to clean it. Yeah, they put it in their dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, so then
1: they accept the responsibility.
2: Yeah. And, and so, just in, in terms of the business's perspective, are these like I, I, I speak from, uh, I know my brother. My brother Julian is a long time listener of the show. Shout out to Julian. He actually used to work. for – Jesus, Julian. I, I'm.
1: I, I feel sorry for you, mate. <laughs> Honestly, I've only spent. A- uh, that, you know, last
2: years with Brad, I'm not on for ten, but geez, Julian's had the privilege for 41 years now. Oh, mate, are you okay? <laughs> anyway, Julian used to work for Noosa Wholesalers, so Noosa Wholesalers actually uh, provide, you know, all the things that you know, we've talked about in terms of the single-use plastic cutlery. They basically provide goods and services for hospitality businesses, so for That's hotels, right. cafes, restaurants, yeah. resorts, etc. Are they equipped to actually pr- fulfil this demand? So the bio cups, the uh, other alternatives do they have
3: yeah so dale
2: and dale, dale, Ken, dale yeah, officer yeah he's, great guy.
3: he's one of our members he's yeah. a great guy um and so that was one of my innovations i said look we need to actually work with the suppliers themselves yeah. because they're the one who's supplying these products yeah and we need to make it easy for a business so we said hey do you guys want to be a part of this program and all you have to do is if someone is a plastic-free noosa business comes to you and say i want a better product i want some you know mm. i'm part of this program now i want a sustainable product can you tell me what i can get all they have to do is offer them the recommended stuff. We didn't ask them to stop selling single-use plastics because there's, you know, the realization there's a lot of businesses out there that are still not prepared to make that switch, mm. and you can't. Is it, a, is it a cost thing? Yeah, is o- it, is often,
1: it often it's a cost. Yeah, or just I've done it this way for 20 years. I'll keep doing it. Now. Well, one it, of one it?
3: of my favorite restaurants in Nusa, which I'm not going to say. <laughs> um, <'Cause it's>, otherwise, <laughs> I'll say food every time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. may be listening. Yeah. Um, he said, "Look, I've been around." For fifteen, twenty years, and I've seen so many cafes come and go. And the reason why I'm successful is I look at all of my
1: costs. Yeah. And so for him, he's looking at the cost. Well, but then okay, but then it's up to, you know, companies, you know, industry to make something that's. You know, there's an opportunity. I just see an opportunity in in, in that conversation. That's like right. If he's worried about cost, and it costs ten cents for that. Someone go out there and make it out of plant-based material for eight cents. And you've got a customer. Yep. So, that's basically, you know, this is general market theory.
3: I mean, there's supply and demand. So, the more people buy it, the cheaper it comes. Perfect example is straws. The the price of a paper straw has dropped immensely over the last year because all of a sudden now everyone's making them. When that straw video came out with the turtle, uh, no one was really making straws. And all of a sudden, you know, after that, when everyone decided they wanted paper straws, you couldn't actually buy them. Because yeah, there yeah. wasn't enough. Yeah. So now that there's this huge volume, that price just keeps dropping. And that'll be the same. But we were talking about taking things away from people. Hmm. And so that'll be an interesting thing where the EU and even South Australia, they're they're trying bans on things. They're saying, we're just like the plastic bag ban. Yeah. Yeah, what, what,
1: what do you think about, well, we'll get one down in New South Wales. What are your thoughts about the pla- single-use plastic <laughs> bag ban? I think it's
3: fantastic for its intent. Um, so... I don't know, you guys probably weren't up here, but when New South Wales goes that way, we're still fingers crossed. Melbourne's done it, you saw, you're already starting to see the negative. When it first starts, everyone thinks it's the end of the world because you're taking something away. But if you look at it now, the reduction of single-use plastic bags has been like 70 to 80% reduction. So it's amazing and people are starting to get used to it. So if you go and look at Coles and Woolies and you look in the lines and see people coming out now, you're seeing a lot of people with those reusable bags, which you did not see before. Yeah, yeah, this, this is true. Now, <laughs> However, it that, has a long way to go. Exactly. Because now that we've is only, making stronger Yes, us. we've <laughs> only banned bags that are 35 microns or less. So you still got barrier bags. You still got thicker, better bags.
2: <laughs> not saying any names here. Um, Coals and woolies. <laughs> <laughs> We don't support that, no. obviously. We have a lengthy disclaimer at the start of our podcast, which excludes us from being sued by anyone. No, no it's actually not. It's actually, it's actually in the show notes. Oh, so, show if notes, any, yeah. if any legal guys want to go to
1: it, just go to the show notes. See how that sucks up. Yeah.
3: But in terms of impact, I think the plastic bag ban been immensely powerful in terms for of sh- changing behaviour.
1: For sure, and like, hats off to Coles and Woolies. Like, at least they you know, took the initiative. I mean, you know, they followed each other, but at least they, you know, they, they were getting so much crap about it. At least they did something. And mm. then all of a sudden, there's new things coming out and supermarkets are saying to look at what they... I mean, mm. wh- one thing I want to bring up, the hotel industry, dirty
2: little secrets. <laughs>
1: well, you oh, go, go yeah. there, shampoo bottles. Yeah. yeah. I'll give an example.
2: Like, this has really surprised me. Jeremy and I presented uh, up at the Local Government Association of Queensland Conference just recently. And I checked into a hotel had to stay there before, walked in. And what really surprised me I'm walking I walk into the bathroom. Looked at himself in the mirror Eighteen <laughs> times on the way through. Shirt on, shirt off, you know. <laughs> and um, all the all the shampoo, conditioner, whatever it is, was all in actually glass Bottles, so, yeah, so they would have refilled they, they them. They're refillable ones. So they've gone to the days of the single use sachets. But that used like, to be the way. Yeah, same thing. The coat hangers. Oh, uh, hey, the coat hangers were made of cardboard. Well, and and the and you know how you normally get a bottle of water on the side of the bed. It was in a carton. I'm like, wow. And they and I, I, I walked away. Like you talk about driving change and catalyst for change. I walked away going, you know what? I would actually recommend this uh, hotel and stay there again purely on the fact that they're actually trying to drive change within their own. It business. doesn't
3: say that a lot about society right now. At this, at this. Point in time that you're actually noticing that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah, actively yeah. seeking it and you're yeah. demanding it. We're not alone here. Uh, a lot of the young people now, uh, climate change and single use plastics, they're, they're their top
2: worries. Yeah, concerns. absolutely. Yeah. My point is always like a lot of environmental problems are big and scary, but this is actually one we can actually readily solve.
3: That's right. And see, we're talking about community, and this is one of the powerful. So, Tourism Nusa is a a financial partner of this program and they have been super supportive and it's been great working for a tourism industry especially in Nusa because everyone comes here to relax and and it's you know it's the number 1 employer in this region and so by having them involved we can feed off of each other and and promote all of these these things and they've got an amenities program so they're actually literally targeting single-use plastics in the hotels as part of a program that they're starting up just because of this this collective work that we're trying to do to try and eliminate these unnecessary single-use
1: items. Well, just going back to Coat Hangers, I've got a friend of mine, Stuart Forza and Arne Bass, based uh, out of the Netherlands, out of Amsterdam. I met Stuart... They are coat hanger manufacturers, and they've just launched Arch and Hook Blue, global company. Um, there is availability for this product down here, where they are taking marine plastic and putting that into coat hangers. Now, what you guys don't realise, and a lot of our listeners do, is a supply chain to get a piece of clothing to a store. You know, it'll come on a hanger to a store. They'll take it off that hanger, put it on their own clothing, on you know, on mm. – bonds hangers, then, you will take that one home and throw that out. The amount of plastic getting used for coat hangers is huge. So if anyone's feeling environmentally sort of um, fashionable, I know, Brad, you won't, but go to Arch and Hook, (laughs) archandhook.com. And read that story because it's it's one of those
2: things you just never thought of. And that's the thing about a lot of these initiatives, whether it be the Coat Hanger or Plastic Free Noosa, it's actually starting the conversation. It's creating awareness around an issue.
1: Sorry, just a disclaimer. I'm a director of Arch and Hook <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> oh, really?
0: <laughs> so, well,
1: Arch and Hook Australia, if you want to go to contact Dominic Matthews, not me.
0: <laughs> but
2: it's, it's all about, like, like, sometimes we do a lot of things that we're almost on autopilot about. We just, you know, I'll have a cup of coffee and I'll, take that single-use uh, cup and I'll use it and I'll throw it in the bin. Hopefully, it'll go to landfill somewhere. I'm not even really thinking about it. But all of a sudden, when you, get, you go, well, you know, the, the, the plastic can often end in, in, our, in our marine environment, causes all these issues. It's getting me to think twice about it. And thinking and creating awareness is what drives change. But then, okay. obviously, there needs to be a readily available, simple and convenient alternative yeah. uh, to, 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 I guess, to make that change happen. That's right,
3: and I, that's why I love what we're doing, and I, I love what you guys are doing. Trying, we're, we're both trying to keep single-use plastics out of the ocean. The reason why I'm so passionate about this project is I think the the strongest way <laughs> is to not use it in the first place. Totally. Because otherwise we just keep repeating the cycle. And I don't want to endlessly be doing beach cleanups. No. Um, and they need to happen and they're fantastic. And I love every group that is doing them. And I 100% support them. I go out there. I was just out last weekend with Drop Bear Adventures yep. uh, cleaning up Fraser Island. And it's eye-opening just seeing how much is out there. So we need to stop. It getting there in the first place. Totally. But one of the really strong strategies is finding other ways to either reuse it or reduce our use, which is the ultimate option.
2: Yeah, look, honestly, if if, if we can be put out of job, if we don't have to actually stop the flow of plastic into our waterways and oceans anymore, fantastic, happy days. Yeah. But until that day, we'll keep basically doing yeah, what we do. No, yeah.
1: okay, but then, but that's, Ocean Protect is, is bigger than that. You know, we are stopping, you know, pollution going down our waterways. But as you as you know from the R and D team and everything that's going on behind closed doors, mm. there's new markets, there's new I mean, it's it's amazing what's coming out of this movement is yes. opportunity. And For that's sure. where I look at the children and, and the kids of today. Jeez, I've got a massive
2: opportunity we talked about Boeing slat last uh, last episode and in terms of that they they've had this ocean cleanup project which is obviously trying to remove plastic that's already in the ocean then they've actually uh, released this interceptor initiative so interceptor basically they take they they believe that the 80% of the plastic load entering our oceans is from 1,000 rivers. So the most 1,000 polluted rivers, uh, they want to actually put an interceptor in. So an interceptor basically is like a a floating berm that essentially tries to sort of convey uh, plastic from the river into essentially a a collection system, and that's removed every so often. And Boyan Slat says this is turning the tap off of, of plastic pollution. I call absolute BS, it's not turning the tap off. If you look at the waste management hierarchy in terms of, you know, it's at the first and foremost, the easiest thing to do most cost effective is just not produce waste and pollution in the first place. Then you might go down the path of reduce, reuse, recycle, treatment maybe, and then clean up. Boynton, that's a, uh, at the clean up sort of phase, a little bit closer towards treatment in terms of removing pollution uh, from rivers. But that is not turning the tap off. Turn the tap off is actually obviously working far further up the train, and, and I guess that's where Plastic Free Noosa is sort of, I guess, trying to throw their weight around in that we're trying to reduce the amount of plastic that's used in the first place. So yeah. basically, ideally, Boyne hasn't got anything to, to clean up. I wonder if Boyne's going to come on our show. <laughs> if we keep bagging <laughs> him, he probably, he probably won't. Well, no, 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 but you know, to your
1: point, it sounds we pulled up today, outside Chad's place, there's a couple of, couple of um, inserts into your stormwater system. I slapped my head down there, had a look, didn't see any plastic. Mm. Once you know the the waste management hierarchy and where people sit, it becomes blatantly obvious and – you know, I'll put boy in slant. He'd be like uh, third man in cricket, basically. <laughs> He's out there trying to say that, like, the four, you know, you know what I mean? That yeah, 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 here, yeah, You know, we're probably the wicketkeeper. Chad's the bowler. You know, if he didn't bowl the ball, we wouldn't have to catch it.
2: So give, give me back to Plastic Free Noosa, how effective has it been? Like, have you got some numbers around actually how much? Year?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: So another aspect of the project is trying to quantify all this yeah. because numbers are powerful. We always try and say, hey, you know, if you've gotten rid of straws, Go back through your order history and tell us, what's your average number? And so we, we quantify that. So we've estimated, and this is very conservative estimate, because we're only taking data from champions, so about 40 to 50 businesses, and it's only partial data of that. But of that data that we have for the last two years, we've eliminated the use of over th- almost 3.2 million single-use items. Wow.
1: Isn't that extraordinary? So, three point two million items you have stopped being used.
3: Yeah, and I'd have to say it's a very conservative estimate yeah. because we don't have the full data. But if we could get that, and it's it's partially due to that yeah. issue of it being a free program and yeah. getting people to find the time to provide that information. And there's there's literally only one of me on the ground. Yeah.
2: So um, one person in two years has driven the change of that's yeah. prevented about three. Well, we, have, we have a team. So yeah, 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 we, yeah,
3: We've got people doing you know the. Uh, the background come on chad don't take it away <laughs> from yourself mate one person yeah it's all one me. man all me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah and you know i always start like public talks and conversations like look the, the listeners that are on this show and and you guys, you're not actually my audience. I'm not concerned no, about you. you're preaching you. to the choir. I'm not
2: concerned about you. Well, yeah, but, but if but
3: I, I can get it out I, of these I businesses. Know, I don't know about
2: that. Like my For example, my parents are big fans of the podcast. They listen yeah. all the time. And one thing that they keep on saying is is like even mum is going out and picking rubbish at the beach. I mean, when they go out and uh, walk the dogs, she's like, you should have seen what I picked up at the beach today. Yeah. And I saw this article in the News and News or whatever. It's amazing how – our audience is actually, uh, like, it's not just Jeremy and I and a few hippie-dippies and people who are already on this plastic-free bandwagon. There's a lot of people that are sort of just, I guess, getting more awareness around this issue. That's yeah, but right. E-
1: but even the biggest environmental hipsters out there still don't know everything. Yeah. So, you know, like, you know, some of the engineers that we speak to that have listened mm-hmm. to the podcast, you know, different aspects are like, yeah. I never knew, you know.
3: Yeah. this area is changing so rapidly it's hard to keep on top of it all and uh, there's marketing issues so understanding even you know your packaging options is really really difficult but that's, that's that's the thing, is if you've got someone in this space saying, hey, I'm going to keep on top of this, and I'm going to let you know what you can and can't do, that takes that worry away from them. So there's a lot about trust.
2: And, and so Plastic Free Noosa is obviously one of a few sort of plastic-free initiatives around the country, sort of partly funded by the Boomerang Alliance. Yeah. So there's one in yeah. Byron Bay as well, is that correct?
3: Yeah, so l- remember in the beginning we said yeah. we wanted to have this scalable. yeah um, So it is now, the overarching program is Plastic Free Places. So they're taking the model that we've done here in, in Noosa and applying it to other communities. So we've got Plastic Free Byron, there's Plastic Free South Australia, WA Plastic Free. And there's one in Townsville and Cairns starting up next year.
2: And is that sort of base, like, was Noosa the first? Noosa was the first. Wow. So two years ago, obviously had a, a, like a lot of success in a very short period of time. This has yeah. been replicated essentially around Australia. Yeah, well... You know, where we can find the funding, we can
3: hopefully replicate so, it. So, the state government, in this case, is funding a lot of this or individual councils. So, in, in the case of Byron, mm. Byron Council has said, hey, we want to try this out. So, they funded it independently, yes. Yeah. So, so obviously, we've got a meeting tomorrow. How have Noosa Council been supportive of, of, of your efforts? Noosa has been fantastic in terms of support. Uh, the council really has, does support the program and they were the first council in Australia to declare a climate emergency. Yeah. Um, so we chose Nusa for a reason. Um, it's known as a green community, just like Byron. Um, so, yeah, Nusa has been great. They've got zero emissions. Nusa they're working with, trying to you know reach significant targets. So they're doing some significant work here, and we just want to keep supporting that and hoping that
1: they keep supporting us. Well, that's good to know. One other thing. So. Um, Brad and I this morning we're obviously leaving his place in Brisbane. What do you think we should wear tomorrow uh, to this uh, meeting? Bear in mind <laughs> we're we we're, we're going to rock up. We're addressing we're addressing the mayor and obviously all the councillors. Are we flip flops and t-shirt and shorts, or should we suit up? I think you
3: should wear 100% cotton, not polyester shirts.
1: <laughs> okay, no, that's cool. No, that's cool. No, number one, number two, could they be more supportive? And are there other are there other people out there that you're trying to get that you're you're not succeeding on? Is there are there any other people out there that are have you you've had a bit of backlash? Well. It's, know, all, it's all well being positive. I'm <laughs> sure you have some shit. My, my,
3: my big dream would be <laughs> that both councils in the Sunshine Coast region are supporting this program, so that we could run it across. Like one of the hardest things for me is I've got a border, and so yeah. the businesses don't operate across those borders. They they you know half the time they're buying their products from one side mm. you know one council or the other. So that makes it really difficult because there's so many businesses in the Sunshine Coast council region that want to be involved. And I just literally don't have the capacity or the funding to be able to do that.
2: So why why haven't Sunshine Coast Council committed some funding towards this initiatives in their in, the, in their neck of the woods?
3: <laughs> it's just finding a budget to be able to do it. I think.
1: No, I think Sunshine Coast could be doing better. Every council could be doing better, but the the, well, the point about oh, it's going to the money side of it. I don't believe that.
2: Yeah, I maybe they're just sort of waiting and seeing how successful this is. Three
1: point two. Yeah. Million pieces of single-use plastic stop from going into landfill. Just walk in there, Chad, with three point two yeah. million bits of plastic.
3: <laughs> yeah, dump it on the- <laughs> That's a good idea. Oh. But you know, even better, it's just it's not not going to landfill. It just wasn't used. Yeah, yeah. it's a resource that yeah, is now still in the ground. But
2: but let's face it, government sometimes has a, uh, is slow to move. And look, total kudos to the Noosa Council for actually taking the initiative and actually being the first. Because a lot of people don't want to be the first. That's well, right. So so okay, so
1: let's just not hype up our, our meeting tomorrow. But Noosa Council have the opportunity to be the first council in Queensland to commit to a zero litter to ocean target. That's true. So they have an opportunity to grasp it.
2: Yeah. And I think it, it, it makes sense. They've got a great, uh, there's a Noosa River Plan, the draft Noosa River Plan that talks about a lot of these initiatives around what we talk about in terms of stopping plastic uh, flowing into our waterways. And, and I guess getting back to that waste management hierarchy, it's not just all about stormwater treatment. It's not all about uh, beach cleanups. So there's a whole hierarchy and they're, they're quite proactive in terms of creating awareness, supporting businesses to sort of, I guess, reduce the amount of plastic that they use. And to be honest, we think Noosa's probably 50% of the way there to, to go the 0 littered ocean. They probably just need a little bit more focus. And I guess that's probably a question I had for you because I know, for example, in Noosa, Noosa Council has a few uh, gross pollutant traps around the joint, mm. uh, which they I believe they sort of maintain and, and, and clean out every so often. But I do know for a fact that they actually also have a lot of stormwater treatment assets that are in private ownership. And this is something I've actually raised with Noosa Council before. There's no initiative currently within Noosa Council that actually goes out and actually checks to make sure that – Businesses are actually cleaning out their stormwater treatment assets,
1: but that's around the country, Brad.
2: That that, that's consistent around the country. I guess that's a question I had for Chad was like, are you are you aware of the fact that there's often stormwater treatment assets here, there, and everywhere that essentially just don't get maintained at all? So they often are really effective actually capturing pollution, but when they don't get maintained, and that's 90 percent of the time they don't get maintained, they just essentially fill up, bypass, and discharge into our waterways. Yeah. are, are, you, are you? I just sorry, my my uh, my question was: Are you aware of sort of the fact that how stormwater even works? Like in terms of that, often there is assets. Typically, there's not, but, yeah, but even that, yeah, asset.
1: An underground water comes in under the ground, yeah. goes into an underground rubbish bin. Very different types of technology, and the water flows out. And obviously, pollution like plastic, uh, heavy metals, sediments, cigarette butts, everything gets captured in there. Now it's mandatory for private development on new development around Australia, you've got to put these things in. But it's not mandatory, you've got to clean them out. So you imagine a rubbish bin that's full <laughs> and you keep putting more and more rubbish into it, yeah, it, overflows. it just overflows. And then not only that, it actually breaks down and causes heaps of other nasty reactions that, you know, from hmm. you know breakdown point of view. But people aren't cleaning these out, both from a public point of view and a private point of view. Were you even aware of that?
3: No, I I wasn't. I mean, I I do have a rough knowledge of uh, stormwater systems, uh, being a marine scientist. Mm. And uh, I did argue a year and a half ago, I said, wouldn't it be great if we got some traps in these drains to see what we're actually putting in the ocean? Yeah. What, what is our contribution in terms of NUSA yeah. and what exactly is getting into our waterways? And so I still think that's a fantastic idea, but that in how, terms of who's maintaining it, yeah. it's one of those hidden things. It's just like, what's underneath our waves? Yeah. We don't
1: see it, so we don't think about well, it. Yeah. And going back to Boy and Slant, you know, going back to the guys that are cleaning up the Pacific Garbage Patch, um, that the people who are out there they're cleaning out what's
2: on the surface. No one's going, hey, what's underneath, you know, so bang on. Yeah, and that's, I guess, the thing I'll be saying at Noosa Council tomorrow is that you guys are going, doing all these wonderful initiatives. There's probably just a couple of little other initiatives that you need to actually sort of implement to sort of essentially achieve this zero-littered ocean target. And I think the big one from my mind is probably put in a few more assets in your high-litter high generating areas, which are your tourism hotspots, your uh, high sort of impervious commercial and industrial areas and obviously uh, where assets are present ensure that they are being appropriately maintained. That's an easy win.
1: Mate, for the listeners at, uh, of this podcast, you know, plastic Free News, sir, and this is what's happening here and you are talking about what you can do from a business point of view. Have you got any tips for people at home?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you are going out, you just need to think about what you you need to think about waste. Unfortunately, you need to sit there and say, "What What am I using?" and be prepared. So, you know, how many times do you hear people when you are talking? It's like, "Oh, I could have I forgot my keep cup at home," yeah. or or whatever. You know, by being prepared, you avoid those those single use plastic. But probably one of the best things you can do in terms of eliminating single use plastic is just supporting those businesses that have made the change. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's um and so h- how do I de- identify what those businesses are?
3: So you can find uh, Champions on our website. What is your website? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> www.plasticfreeneusa.org
2: <laughs> So if, if a business in Noosa or even a business external to Noosa is keen to get sort of some more information around you, they go to that website. That's the best protocol call.
3: That's right. And if you're an individual, let's say you want to be a waste warrior, let's say you want to volunteer at events or even just say, hey, I want to be, I just want to know what you're doing. You can sign up as an individual. You'll get a newsletter. So yeah, it's all just
1: about being informed and um, you know, like Tim Silver would say, take three for the sea. Take yeah. three for the sea. And with that We'll probably wrap it up there Hey Chad Thanks so much For inviting us Into your home Number one But what a bloody Lovely chat I mean I think (laughs) I I think it was a great chat And you know, I just spent so much. I love doing what we're doing, Brad. Yeah,
2: I, I think it's a real blessing that we get the opportunity to talk to individuals that are causing so much impact and having so much of an influence in terms of protecting our oceans. Like we, we spoke to, uh, I remember talking to Rebecca Prince-Ruiz who set up Plastic Free July eight years ago and uh, just this year, an initiative that started with one person, 227 million people, did the Plastic Free July for this year. And so it's amazing the influence that one person can have. And I'm really keen to see what happens as a result of Plastic Free Noosa. I, I can see this just going around the country and beyond. So I really look forward to seeing what you accomplish in the next few years. And I wish you all the very best. Thank you very much, guys.
1: Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.